Well, seven, several uh, years ago, my wife, Jennifer, came home from work and she's like, I'm so excited. I am so excited. They gave us a free gift at work. And I was like, well, what did they give you? And she held up this little thing and she said, it's called a pedometer. And uh, when she said it, I wasn't so sure what that meant. And I said, so did you say a pedometer? And she's like, no, I didn't say a pedometer. I figured it kind of could, could, uh, took track of how many dumb things a person did, you know, in a day. And so if that were me, like it would be out of the wazoo, how many dumb things uh, that I do. And she's like, no, not a pedometer, a pedometer, you dummy. And uh, she said, no, it actually counts your steps. Now, that type of technology is kind of old now. We don't have pedometers anymore, um, but we have things like an Apple Watch or a Fitbit or a Garmin. And uh, technology is different. And now it doesn't just keep track of our steps, but it can keep track of your heart rate. It can keep track of your calories. It can keep track of, you know, how, what your sleeping habit is. It can keep track of how many times you pick your nose. Not really, okay? So if you're worried about that, uh, I haven't found the, the Picking Nose app yet for that. But, but how many of you either have one of these products or you have seen one of these products before? Just raise your hand. Everyone on the stream say, yeah, me too. Okay? Almost all of us. Now, this morning, what I want to talk about is not how many steps you're taking, but what I want to talk about is are you using your steps wisely? Are you using your steps wisely? When we first moved here to Muncie, uh, I connected with a guy who we played basketball with. And after a couple of years of doing that, he invited me to a basketball game at Southside High School. Uh, when Southside had a high school. Now it's a middle school. And uh, when he asked me to come, uh, I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And so when we got there, we walked up the bleachers and he was sitting with a group of guys. And he said, I want you to meet my friend Wayne. And I said, yeah, no problem. And he said, well, uh, I said, hey, my name's Chris. And I reached my hand out like that to shake his hand. And he didn't put his hand out. And then he looked at me and he said this, you better root for Southside or I'll kill you. And you know how some people might say something like that. And then all of a sudden you just kind of laugh and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just joking. He wasn't joking. Like, I literally think he would have taken me out had I not done that. Now, as I walked up to where they were sitting, I noticed that there was like a four to five bleacher buffer from them to everybody else. And I thought that was kind of strange. I wondered why that was. And once we got seated, I understood why everyone did not sit close to that group of people. Immediately, curse words started coming out of Wayne's mouth. He started cussing at the refs. He started cussing at the other team. He started cussing at our team. He started cussing at the coach. He cussed towards me. I mean, F-bombs were flying everywhere in this whole process. And I'm thinking to myself, I bet he doesn't know I'm a pastor and I'm not going to tell him. And I remember once the game was over, I walked down the bleachers and I started walking out the door and I thought, oh man, I don't know. I don't know if I ever want to do this again. And all of a sudden I felt this prompting, not audibly in my voice or not audibly in my ears, not a voice, but just in my spirit, don't judge, become Wayne's friend. 
Now, have you ever got a prompting before where you listen to it and then all of a sudden you're like, God, are you joking? Like, I'm not so sure, God, that this is true. I mean, he's going to be a hard nut to crack. Are you sure, God? Well, I continued to go to games with him and there would be these F-bombs that would be flying all the time that I sat with a group of these guys. And I started wondering to myself, um, what is Wayne going to say tonight? And I started thinking, what if other people found out that I was a pastor and I was hanging out with this kind of group of people? And most of all, I started wondering, actually, is the walk really worth doing? You know, folks, when when people come to me and they ask me, what is the single greatest gift that you can give to someone? I always think to myself, quite honestly, it's just a short walk. A walk that opens up a door, and this leads to our big idea this morning, and it's this. To introduce them to the God who created them, loves them, and has a purpose for their life. What is the single greatest gift that you can give to another human being? It is to introduce them to the God who created them who loves them, and who has a purpose for their life. Now, folks, nothing beats introducing another human being to God. I mean, nothing. And the reality is, is that anyone can do this. Anyone can share the good news of Christ with other people. You do not know, you do not need to know 20 different Bible verses that you've memorized. You don't have to pray an hour every night. You don't have to go to church every single Sunday of the year. It simply takes an opportunity of being willing to take walks. But walking is a challenge for us. Because sometimes when we're at work, we're not so sure we want to walk across the office. We're not so sure we want to walk across the factory floor. We're not sure we want to walk, if you're a student, across the hallway to another person. But it is key that if you want to know how to share that single greatest gift, it's all down to taking a walk. And I have a question for you this morning, and it's this. If taking 10 steps across the room, would change a person's eternity, would you take that walk? If only 10 steps allowed you to help someone be introduced to the God of the universe who is head over hills in love with them, would you take that walk? Now, uh, the question for many of you this morning is like, well, I, I might take the walk, but what am I going to do once I take that? Like, like, what am I going to do? How do we give this single greatest gift? Well, the first thing that you do if you're going to share the single greatest gift is this, is if you have to be willing to leave the zone or to leave your circle of comfort to go into the zone of the unknown. The first thing you have to do if you're going to share this single greatest gift is you have to be willing to leave your circle of comfort and to enter into the zone of the unknown. Now, 
what I'd like to do uh, this morning is to kind of visually demonstrate how we do this. So I need four volunteers, okay? So uh, now before you volunteer, people always want to know, well, what are they asking me to do? I'm not going to ask you to talk. You don't have to act. You simply have to stand right here and just stand. So how many of you think you can stand? Okay, a few of us. Okay, so let's get uh, four people. Just raise your hand real quick. All right, why don't you come on up? Come on up. Uh, If you can go quickly, let's get a hand to these folks as they come up. If you're closer, it would help. So uh, two more volunteers. We need two more. Don't make me volunteer you. One other person. Come on up, Tyrone. All right. Now you guys are just going to stand right here. Yep. Just kind of beside each other. You can come over here. All right. All right. And if you can move all the way in uh, and move back just a little bit, come all the way over. That way they can see you. Okay. Now, let's give a hand to these folks. This is a great group. All right. Now, in just a moment, I'm just going to ask you guys to form a circle, and then I'm going to give you, okay, uh, just a sign, and you're going to hold, one of you is going to hold that sign up, okay? That's it. All right. Now, I need one more volunteer over in this area. Again, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. Just come up. So one volunteer, doesn't matter. Somebody, anybody, we have no volunteers today. Okay, why don't you, sir, uh, come on up here real quick. And uh, again, you don't have to say that. He's a little bashful. Let's give him a hand real quick. Okay. All right, sir. Uh, what's your name? Carl. Carl. Okay, Carl. I know this is Brent. Everybody, thanks for doing this, Brent. Just stand right here. Now, uh, what I'd like you guys to do, th- this group of people, they know each other really, really well. And they know each other so well, they go to break room together, maybe they're friends, whatever. And usually when that happens, you tend to form a circle. So if you guys could form a circle right there, just like that, that'd be great. And uh, I just want you to stand there. And uh, they know each other. They like each other. They hang out together. Uh, There is this circle of comfort that they feel. There's no anxiety. There's no stress. There's nothing here. Uh, They enjoy one another's company. And so uh, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and hold this up real quick. Joe, if you can hold it up. Uh, This is a circle of comfort. This is at your break room at work. Uh, this is on the factory, uh, you know, floor with a group of guys or maybe at school. But you're in a circle of comfort. You like everyone. Now, this group is standing here and they look across the room and there's another person standing here. And this is Brent, but he's all by himself. And Brent, what I'd like you to do is to hold up real quickly this sign here. This is the zone of the unknown. Now, for most of my life, folks, what I have done for most of my life, I've always stayed in the circle of comfort. Because it's easier It's much more difficult to walk across the room and introduce yourself to someone that you don't know or whatever. But let's just imagine that Tyrone is over here and he's looking over here. He he sees Brent and he's like, you know what? I'm going to make a decision. So Tyrone, if you could come over here, I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to leave uh, this group of people. He says, hey, guys, I'm checking out for a second. And he's nervous and he's anxious, but he he takes a walk 
over here to build friendship with Brent. And he connects with them. And let's just imagine that he's praying the entire time that he takes this walk. And as he's walking, he he says, whatever, God, you want me to do in this walk, I'm willing to do. And as he does, can you imagine what God might actually do if we're willing to leave the circle of comfort and go into the zone of the unknown? Now, let's give a hand to all of our volunteers, and you guys can go to your seat real quick. Here, it. Oh, there you go. Thank you, sir. You did well. Very good. Very good job. See, you never know. You might volunteer, and you might get $100 next time. So, um, you might not, but... Uh, You know, nonetheless, you could do that. Now, this is a question I want you to ponder right now. Because you've been in those circumstances before, haven't you? Where you're with a group of friends, and then do you take the risk to go into the zone of the unknown? If you knew that a few steps would change a person's life for eternity, would you take that walk? Could you possibly see what God would do if you simply took a few steps? And if 10 steps could change the eternity, would you take that walk? Well, Scripture says this when it comes to walking. And I'd like us to read this all uh, out loud together. So everyone, let's read this together. Everyone on the stream, uh, join along with us. But let's read this next verse together. And it says this. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's say it again. For we walk by faith, not by sight. It is a risk to take a walk. But when we do, there's often great faith that's increased in our life and also in being able to care for other people. You know, one of the things that I've learned in my life is if I keep my eyes open and I'm not just like focused in my circle of comfort, but I keep them open that there are times and there are moments in which God may ask me to actually walk. And I want you to know, he's not going to ask you to walk every single time. Sometimes he doesn't ask us to walk, but when he does, are we willing to do that? And it might be at work, it might be at school, it might be at one of your kids' activities, because it can be whenever, wherever to do. Now, I'm convinced that this is the truth, folks. When Christ followers, and if you're following Christ, when Christ followers stop taking walks, the kingdom dies. When you stop taking walks, the kingdom dies. It's lights out for the kingdom of God when we choose to stop taking walks. So again, my question today is, are you willing to leave your circle of comfort And to go into the zone of the unknown. So that's the first way that we share the single greatest gift is we leave our circle of comfort to go into the zone of the unknown. Now, the second way that we give that single greatest gift is we actually listen for the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We actually say we're going to start listening 
to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you might be like, well, what's that about? Like, to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. What's that mean? And that means that we simply have our radar up to listen to what God might call us to do. You might remember Jesus after he died on the cross. Three days later, he rose again. And then he was with people for over 50 days. And 500 people saw the resurrected Christ. And after he walked around connecting with other people... He ascended back to heaven, and before he ascended, he said, I'm going to leave my spirit with you. I'm going to leave my spirit to uh, give you comfort, to give you peace. My spirit is going to be present to be able to guide you and to be able to give you direction. Now, the problem is, is that sometimes when we're listening to God's spirit, um, we might think that it's going to be this audible voice that comes directly to us. And sometimes he does do that, but most of the time he speaks in other ways. There's a guy in the Bible by the name of Elijah who uh, was a prophet. He was a pastor of his day. Now, I think a lot of people have this false idea when it comes to pastors that we hear directly from God. Like there's this direct line. We are these uh, spiritual superstars and God speaks directly to us every single day. I want you to know that is not the case. Okay. Um, There is not this audible voice that comes to me every single day because God will work and move and discuss in ways that are different than what we might necessarily understand. And Elijah uh, experienced this. His story goes like this. The Lord said to Elijah, go stand on a mountain at attention before God. God will pass by. A hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God. But God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper. So here's Elijah. He's like, oh, I want to hear from God. He goes to this mountain. He's like, man, I'm ready to hear something really cool and great. And a hurricane comes. He's like, surely he's in the hurricane. But God was not in the hurricane. He stands on the mountain a little bit longer, and all of a sudden, the earth begins to quake. There's this earthquake that comes. Rocks are falling. He's like, surely God is in the earthquake. But God was not in the earthquake. And then, finally, a fire comes. He's like, ah, well, God was in a fire with Moses. This surely has to be him. It is a fire, and God was not in a fire. And then it says that God came through a gentle, quiet whisper. And this is what I found in my own life, is that more often than not, God comes to me through whispers. In fact, it's probably the key strategy for me taking walks is to listen to the whispers of God. I mean, I've heard these stories before of an evangelist, you know, that gets on a plane and uh, by the time the plane lands, like every single person got converted to Christ and they all go to church. I've never had that experience in my life, folks. But stories like what I just shared about Elijah of whispers coming to me has happened. And simple walks to do that has taken place. 
You know, my buddy Wayne, uh, once I walked, uh, you know, to the basketball game from the parking lot, I was like, maybe we could walk and do some other things. And so I asked him, do you play golf? He's like, oh, yeah, I play golf. Now, uh, when we went out and played golf, the thing was his colorful language did not stop. Uh, it continued on. And that little white ball was called everything except a golf ball that day. Uh, it was called many different things. I don't know what it is. God must not like golf, but it causes people to cuss a lot. And uh, that was Wayne. And we went out and we golfed for many years together and he never really changed, but he just kept cussing away. And then uh, I learned uh, about his uh, two kids and activities that they were involved in. And so I started walking again to their activities. His son was in band and uh, also on the wrestling team and his daughter was in gymnastics and uh, she did cheer competitions and I would do that. And I just kept taking these walks. And over time, as I did that, what I noticed is that Wayne kind of started to soften and it was all because of these short walks. Now I realize that some of you are sitting there today and you're convinced you're like, I'm not going to walk, Chris. I mean, you might say that uh, you don't have to be a super spiritual uh, superstar to uh, spiritual superstar to do this, but I'm telling you, um, I don't know about taking these walks. I think these walks, Chris, are more for like you, pastors, leaders, people on a church staff. But I'm telling you, folks, that everybody can walk. Every single person in this auditorium, everyone on this stream, you all can walk. And over the next three weeks, what I'm going to do is to train you and to also kind of equip you to know how to walk. Because when you walk in these ways, you experience the power of God in a way that you can't experience if you're not taking short walks. Now, some of you might be asking the question, why? Why should I walk? Why do I need to walk? Well, the simple answer is this. Because Jesus walked for you. And he didn't just walk across the room or across the street or across the factory floor. He walked across the cosmos for you. And the scripture says this. It says, he, Jesus, always had the nature of God, but he did not think that by force he could try to remain equal with God. Instead of this, of his own free will, he gave up all he had and he took on the nature of a servant. He became like a human being and he appeared in human likeness. He was humble and he, what's the next word? And what? Walked the path of obedience all the way to death, his death on the cross. In other words, Jesus is up in heaven. Everything's going fine. He's in community with God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. Everything is great. And he chooses to leave his circle of comfort in heaven. And he walks across the cosmos from heaven to earth to be with you. And he takes the greatest walk that the world has ever known. And when Jesus walked here to planet Earth, he was not accepted, but he was actually rejected. He was rejected so much that he was placed upon a cross, given a criminal's death where he died in a crucifixion. And we wonder to ourselves, well, why would he do this? Well, scripture tells us why he took this long walk. And I'd like us to read this again 
all out loud together. Everybody in the balcony, everyone in the auditorium, everyone on the stream. Let's read this out loud. Why did he walk? But God has shown us how much he loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. Jesus walked because of his great love for you. For his great love for everyone here at the bottom of the auditorium, for everyone up in the balcony, for everyone on the stream. The reason he walked is because of his great love for you. And he said, I'll make that walk from heaven to earth and I'll literally take on all of your sins so that you could be set free. And he says, not only will you have abundant life here, but you will have eternal life forever with me in heaven. And he says, but until you get to heaven, I want you to do what I do. I want you to take walks. I want you to take walks across rooms, walks across streets, walks across your school. And that's my challenge, kind of the take home today for all of you is this, just walk, just take a walk. Not take a walk, but just take a walk and see what God might actually do. Today, Jesus is asking each one of you to take walks. Sometimes he's going to ask you to walk across rooms. Sometimes he's going to ask you to walk across your cul-de-sac. Sometimes he's going to ask you to walk across the factory floor. Other times he might ask you to walk across the office. For those of you that are students, sometimes he's going to ask you to walk across the hallway. Sometimes he's going to ask you to actually walk across the classroom. I don't know where he's going to ask you to walk, but the question is, are you willing to walk from your circle of comfort and into the zone of the unknown. Because when you take those kind of walks, folks, there is this power that comes into your life and you get to see people's lives changed. Remember my uh, buddy Wayne that I was telling you about? Well, I just kept taking walks, first to uh, a basketball game and then on a golf course, and then I took a walk to invest in his kids, and eventually Wayne's heart softened, like I said, and he took a walk, and he actually came here to church. And uh, when he walked in the first time, he's like, you know what, the ceiling's going to cave in. And I said, no, it's not. We have extra beams, so don't worry about it. And he and his lovely uh, wife, uh, Brenda, walked in, and uh, they just kept coming back again and again and again. And eventually, they felt a prompting in their own spirit, even though they had two older kids, to take a walk into adoption. And so the two of them uh, said, hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to adopt. Would you go ahead and send a reference letter for us? And I said, sure, no problem. I'd love to do that. And some other people did. And they were able to adopt uh, their son, who they named Jude. And uh, they adopted him. They were so excited. And then a couple of weeks after uh, he was adopted, uh, he was rushed to the hospital and uh, he was having trouble breathing. His RSV was so bad that they actually had to lifeline him to Methodist Hospital. And I was like, oh God, seriously? 
I've taken these walks. I'll take a walk to the hospital. I'll walk. And we prayed. And Wayne prayed. And Brenda prayed. And I prayed. And God did a miracle for that little boy. And uh, his breathing was corrected. And uh, I just watched him play soccer a couple of weeks ago. And... uh, Sometimes, folks, if you take enough walks, what happens is people actually who are in the zone of the unknown, they feel so convicted by God in their life that they're like, I want to give my life to God. That God that you're walking for, Chris, I want to do that. And I had the great joy a few years ago of being able to baptize Mike. And I remember baptizing him at the Y and seeing his entire life change. And I'm telling you, folks, the whole reason that took place was because of a simple, simple walk. And so this morning, I want to ask you, have you walked lately? Or have you kind of been just sitting on the sidelines, not taking a walk? Can you imagine what would happen if in this next month, every single one of us said, you know what, God, if you want me to walk, I'll walk. If you want me to walk across the room at work, I'll walk. If you want me to walk across the restaurant, I'll walk. If you want me to walk across, uh, you know, the store, I'll walk. If you want me to walk across school, I'll take that walk. Imagine what would happen. If every single one of us here in this auditorium and everyone on the stream, if we just simply started praying each day for these next three weeks that we said, God, if you want me to walk somewhere today, I'm open and available. And sometimes God will have you walk. Sometimes he won't. But if he asks you to walk, the question is, will you take the walk? Will you take 10 steps? And might you see someone's eternity changed? Because you chose to walk. Let's pray. Jesus, first of all, we just come today and we are so grateful and thankful that you chose to walk for us. That you chose to walk from heaven to earth to meet our needs. And God, we want to be the type of people who just take walks. And God, I know the world in these uh, past few years has been so crazy. But God, your church, that if the kingdom is really going to grow, it will happen because we choose to take walks. And right now, God, I just ask that you would stir up in people's lives right now to be willing to pray this week. God, if you want me to take a walk, I'm willing to do so. Now, I know for some of you right now that the reality is that you're like, I'll take a walk, but man, I'm, I'm scared, Chris. I don't have courage. I, I need some help. I need God's strength because I don't have enough strength of my own. And if that's you, if you just need a little strength, if you need some encouragement to say, I'm willing to do it, but I need help, God. If you just raise your hand right now, if you're on the stream, just type in, I want to walk, but just raise your hand. Let me pray for you right now. God, I thank you for each raised hand, God, 
They want to walk for you. So I pray right now that through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would come and you would give them strength and you would give them courage and you would help them to take the risk to leave the circles of comfort and to go into the zones of the unknown. Help us, Lord, all of us, every single one of us to take a walk this week and to watch what you could do. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, maybe for some of you, you're here today, and the truth is, you're like, you know what? I never have thought about that before, that God actually sent Jesus to walk from heaven to earth. And when you think about that right now, the truth is, is that He did that because of his great love for you. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever void you fill right now, I want you to know that he loves you. He created you. He loves you. He has a purpose for your life. And you can actually accept him today. You can say, God, I know you took that walk and I want to walk towards you today. And if that's you, if you're like, I'm willing to make a walk towards God, I want him in my life. I need his love. I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. I need a second chance today. I'm going to invite you in a prayer. It's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but we're going to all pray together in community. And if you feel comfortable that this might be your first prayer to say, God, I knew you walk, I know now that you walked from heaven to earth, and I want to give you my life so that I can walk with you for eternity and one day to be in heaven with you. And so if you would, uh, just close your head, bow, uh, or bow your head, close your eyes, and if you would, uh, just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I give you my life. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.